0: The Old Testament lesson appointed for this service this evening is from Job, the 30th chapter. Because God has loosed my cord and humbled me, they have cast off restraint in my presence. On my right hand, the rabble rise, they push away my feet. They cast up against me their ways of destruction. They break up my path, they promote my calamity. They need no help or they need no one to help them. As through a wide breach they come, amid the crash they roll on. Tears are turned upon me, my honor is pursued as by the wind, and my prosperity has passed away like a cloud. And now my soul is poured out within me. Days of affliction have taken hold of me. The night racks my bones, and the pain that gnaws me takes no rest. With great force, my garment is disfigured. It binds me about like the collar of my tunic. God has cast me into the mire, and I become like dust and ashes. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The epistle is from Second Corinthians, the fifth and sixth chapters. St. Paul writes. Working together with him, then we appeal to you not to receive the grace of God in vain. For he says, in a favorable time I listen to you, and in a day of salvation I have helped you. Behold, now is the favorable time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The Holy Gospels according to St. Matthew, the 11th chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. Then Jesus began to denounce the cities where most of his mighty works had been done because they did not repent. Woe to you, Chorazin! Woe to you, Bethsaida! For if the mighty works done in you had been done in Tyre and Sidon, they would have repented long ago in sackcloth and ashes. But I tell you, it will be more bearable on the day of judgment for Tyre and Sidon than for you. And you, Capernaum, "'Will you be exalted to heaven? "'You will be brought down to Hades. "'For if the mighty works done in you had been done in Sodom, "'it would have remained until this day. "'But I tell you, "'that it will be more tolerable on the day of judgment "'for the land of Sodom than for you. "'At that time, Jesus declared, "'I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, "'that you have hidden these things from the wise and understanding "'and revealed them to little children.' Yes, Father, for such was your gracious will. All things have been handed over to me by my Father, and no one knows the Son except the Father, and no one knows the Father except the Son, and anyone to whom the Son chooses to reveal him. Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart. And you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Well, grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Well, the season of Epiphany has ended. The 40-day Lenten journey of confession and contrition and repentance begins. The penitential cry of Hosanna replaces the joyful declaration Alleluia. Lent is a season of fasting, not feasting, of weeping, not mirth. Tonight, ashes have been impressed upon our foreheads in the sign of a cross The ashes are the first external reminder during the season of Lent that we will die. Ashes are a sign of repentance, of sorrow, suffering, and purification. When God confronted Adam in the Garden of Eden after the fall into sin, he reminded Adam that just as he had been made from the dust of the ground, so his body would become dust again in death. Although Adam and Eve had been created perfectly, they would now die because they had transgressed God's command. God announced, By the sweat of your face you shall eat bread, till you return to the ground, for out of it you were taken, for you are dust, and to dust you shall return. As children of Adam and Eve, we also speak these words as we impose the ashes upon our forehead. Remember that you are dust, and to dust you shall return. One day, at our committal service, just prior to our body being lowered into its resting place, our pastor will say these words, We now commit the body of our dear brother or sister to the ground, earth to earth, ashes to ashes, dust to dust. Yes, death comes to all people, because all people have been conceived with sin, inherited from our first father and mother, Adam and Eve. As King David confesses, I was brought forth in iniquity, and in sin did my mother conceive me. Lent is a healthy annual pilgrimage for us, because it is spiritually beneficial for all of us to sit in our sackcloth and ashes, so to speak, It's good, and it's good for our soul to repent and to lament our sin, to acknowledge our weakness and our reliance on our Savior, Jesus Christ, for forgiveness and for salvation. If we do a quick review of the Holy Scriptures, there's evidence of ashes throughout. For example, Abraham acknowledges his own spiritual weakness and mortality as he pleads for God to be merciful To the citizens of Sodom and Gomorrah, we read, Abraham answered and said, Behold, I have undertaken to speak to the Lord, I who am but dust and ashes. Jonah. Jonah preaches a message of repentance to the people in the city of Nineveh. And we're told that the pagan king and all of the pagan citizens in that city repented and they mourned in dust and ashes. And then we're told that God relented in sending the disaster upon them. Daniel himself recounts how he too interceded on behalf of those who were in the Babylonian exile. He says, Then I turned my face to the Lord God, seeking him by prayer and pleas for mercy with fasting and sackcloth and ashes. Mordecai laments for the people of God tearing his clothes and putting on dust and ashes after he hears the murderous edict of the king and of his servant Haman. Jesus does not hide from ashes either, does he? For in the gospel lesson we heard Jesus say that the people of Chorazin and Bethsaida and Capernaum were to repent in sackcloth and ashes. Job. Job, who we focus on a little bit here tonight, covers himself with ashes because of his grief and shame. It was a sign of repentance. Job says of himself, I despise myself and repent in dust and ashes. Let's focus for just a moment or so on Job's dire situation. As the book of Job begins, we learn that God is described as, or we learn that Job is described as blameless and upright, fearing God and shunning evil. Job has a large family. He has a wife, seven, children, seven sons, and three daughters. He owns much land and has numerous servants and thousands of animals. He is one of the richest men in the East. However, God allows the devil to inflict Job with all kinds of trials and tribulations. Job's earthly possessions, including his livestock and and his household servants, are stolen from him. All of his children die, perish in a natural disaster. Job's good reputation is tarnished. And then God permits the devil to inflict Job's body with boils and sores from the bottom of his feet to the crown of his head. And Job literally has to scrape these scabs with a piece of pottery to obtain relief. All was so badly lost that even Job's wife desperately says to Job, Curse God and die. All Christians suffer in life. And if you haven't, you will. Some sufferings and trials are more severe than others. Some are self-made and self-inflicted due to our own selfish ways. Some of our sufferings are brought upon us by others as we live in a fallen, sinful world. And natural disasters, well, they don't check to see if they're inflicting damage on a Christian household or not. Sin touches us deeply, as does death. Our grandparents die. Our parents die. Our children die. Our friends die. Our fellow church members die. And one day we will die. And so this evening, we sit in ashes. We sit in ashes with Job and with other faithful saints who have also sat in ashes. And we lament. We say, I despise myself and I repent in dust and ashes. We remember and we take to heart the words of Dr. Martin Luther who said, we are beggars. This is true. And so sitting in ashes reminds us that we are dependent completely on the mercy of our Lord. Ashes remind us that any and every blessing that we enjoy in this life is a gift from God Almighty. But you know, Eventually ashes need to be washed away just as we will wash the ashes on our forehead away probably later this night. I mean how often did we hear when we were a child our parents say to us after we came in from playing in the dirt you need to take a bath. Well Lent is not only a ash season. It is also a bath season. Lent is a time for us to strip off our ash covered clothing. To strip off our sin. And do so with repentance. And then it's a time for us to be washed clean by the purifying waters of holy baptism and hearing again and again and again God's declaration that our sins are forgiven because of Christ's suffering and death on the cross. This is the call issued by St. Peter to repentant people on Pentecost Sunday when he said, repent and be baptized. Every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ, For the forgiveness of your sins. And you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. And St. Paul recounting his own baptism tells how Ananias said to him, Why do you wait? Rise and be baptized and wash away your sins. Calling on his name. And so Paul had a cleansing bath that day. When he was baptized in the name of the Father, Son and Holy Spirit. And later in Paul's life, Paul speaks of our bath. The bath that we experienced when we were baptized. For he writes, but when the goodness and loving kindness of God our Savior appeared, he saved us. Not because of works done by us in righteousness, but according to his own mercy, by the washing of regeneration and the renewal of the Holy Spirit, whom he poured on us richly through Jesus Christ our Savior so that having been justified by His grace, we might become heirs according to the hope of eternal life. And after our baptismal bath, after we hear the Lord's declaration of forgiveness in Christ, He places on us, so to speak, clean clothing. That's one of God's treasured or promised treasures to us. Do you recall what God did for Adam and Eve after they had sinned? God sacrificed an animal to clothe them before they were banished from the Garden of Eden. And that sacrificed animal was a prelude to God's own Son being sacrificed on a cross for our sin. And as a result of His sacrifice, God brings us out of death. He washes us clean in holy baptism and He clothes us daily in the garments of Christ's righteousness, so that we may live new hopeful lives in this sinful world. Isaiah speaks for all of us when he writes, I will rejoice greatly in the Lord. My soul will exalt in my God, for he has clothed me with garments of salvation. He has wrapped me with a robe of righteousness. That's why St. Paul exhorts or acknowledges, for as many of you who have been baptized into Christ have put on Christ. Friends, tonight Lent begins, but Good Friday is coming. Good Friday is coming, and, we're remi- and it reminds us that Jesus Christ has taken all of our ashes and our old clothing of sin away from us. It's all buried with him, in his death, and it is no more. God truly remembers our sins no more because of Christ's sacrifice on the cross. And that is why St. Paul says, God made him to be sin, who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. But not only is Good Friday coming, but Easter is coming too. And then the ashes of lament are replaced with joyful songs of victory. sorrow is replaced with mirth. And death is literally swept away with Christ's resurrection from the dead. Jesus Christ promises. He promises to raise us from the ashes of sin and death. He assures each and every one of us of his forgiveness and promise of eternal life. Our Lord's promise is what sustains us amid our own suffering and our own lamenting. I mean, think again of Job. As he sits in ashes, as he laments and mourns his condition, he finds solace and comfort and hope. Not in himself, not in his circumstances, but in his Redeemer. He writes, I know that my Redeemer lives. And at the last he will stand upon the earth. And after my skin has been destroyed, yet in my flesh I shall see God, whom I shall see for myself. And my eyes shall behold, and not another. Oh, how my heart faints, yearns within me. One day our body will be returned to the dust from whence it came. One day our pastor will say these words of us as our bodies are being prepared to be laid in the earth. He will say, We now commit the body of our brother and sister to the ground, earth to earth, ashes to ashes, dust to dust. But then he'll continue in the sure and certain hope of the resurrection to eternal life through Jesus Christ, who will change our lowly bodies so that they'll be like his glorious body by the power that enables him to subdue all things to himself. Tonight, though, we sit in dust, and we sit in the ashes, and we grieve, we lament, we repent of our sin, and we reflect on our our own mortality. But in the end, dear friend, we will not be clothed in ashes, but we will, will be adorned in stunningly white robes, washed completely by the blood of the resurrected Lamb, Jesus Christ. And our joy will, is not found within our own circumstances in life, no. Our joy is not found in ourselves, no. Our joy is ultimately found Only in Jesus Christ, who died in our place bearing God's punishment for our sins. Our joy is found in Christ who washes away our sin and who covers us with his robe of righteousness. Friends, in Christ we are redeemed. In Christ we are secure, both now and forever. Amen. And now may the peace of God which passes all understanding keep your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.